Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. My name is Daniela, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk. So this week, I am solo. Lori is not in this Coffee Talk episode, but I am talking to a uh, good friend of Lori and mine. Her name is Tracy. She is a local New England reseller, and she is also super knowledgeable on search engine optimization, Instagram growth, uh, building your own brand, all of those components that get tossed around a lot. And um, I just really wanted to bring her on here and give you guys some perspective on someone who built their Instagram following from zero to over 10,000, someone who has a successful reselling business, and just someone who also attended PoshFest and has some different perspective on information that was given. And I wanted to share that with everyone. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you go and check out Tracy on Instagram. Um, You'll hear all those details in the episode. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Talk. I am Daniela and today I have Tracy with me and uh, Tracy is a New England gal. She is local to me and Lori and uh, uh, Lori and I met Tracy uh, last year. Tracy, around this time? Yeah, last year. Yep, we met uh, in person. We've been talking online um, on Instagram, but we met in person when Leslie from A Reseller's Passion came down to Massachusetts, well, came up <laughs> to Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. We've all you know stayed in touch. And I really wanted to bring Tracy on to talk about search engine optimization and building a brand and graphic design and all of these other aspects of reselling that I think get overlooked a little bit. Um, with so many people building websites and Posh Fest just happening, I just thought it was a great idea to have someone come on that has a lot of knowledge and has built an Instagram from the ground up um, with these basic principles. So, hi, Tracy. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I am good. How are you? I am good. It is rainy here in New England, but it is yeah. it is a nice fall night, so... Daylight savings is totally messing everyone up, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I have an extra hour to sleep. I know, that was <laughs> me last <laughs> night. <laughs> I was really excited. Yeah, I was. That's like the best part of daylight savings in the fall when we go back an hour and it's like, oh, I get an extra hour. This is amazing. Yes. It, that it was, first night. It was very blissful this morning because I it was cold and mm-hmm. the covers were warm. I'm like, I don't need to get out of bed right now. Nope. <laughs> No, we do not. Um, So some people may not know who you are. Um, Just to throw in like a plug, Tracy is me, myself, donuts on Instagram. So you might know her by that. (laughs) Everyone knows me by the donut. It it just stuck for some reason and Mm -hmm. it just evolved into the donuts. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, I talk a lot about uh, mental health and some of the struggles I go through on my Instagram. Yeah. And I had gotten out of a very, uh, bad, very bad relationship a couple of years ago. And I, I can't, I can't even for the life of me, remember what my username was before that, mm-hmm. but I really wanted something on donuts. Cause I just loved donuts. It was <laughs> such, a, such a fun food to eat. And I was really focused at the time of trying to take care of myself yeah. and because I really didn't know how to do that. 
Mm-hmm. So that's how me, myself, donuts came about. I love it. It's such a creative name and everyone can uh, remember it. And whenever they yeah. see that, whenever they see donuts, they know that it's Tracy. I think that's great. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I'll have people on Instagram. I've never met and never talked to. Obviously just network through Instagram or, you know, comments and whatnot. And they could be in California, Michigan, wherever. And they're at the thrift. And they just tag me in a story that has like a donut t-shirt, a donut this or a donut that. And they're like, oh, I just remembered you. I thought you would like this. And I'm like, oh, my heart. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Isn't the Instagram community so great in the reselling world? Oh, it is. Uh, Once you get into a good, you know, a good group, because there's always good good and bad sides to, to any networking group and whatnot. But the support is 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 really amazing. It is. So Tracy, for those people who do not know who you are, why don't you give them a little breakdown as to who you are, how you got started, what your day job is. So Tracy is a part-timer. She is not a full-time in the sense reseller as you would think. I Sometimes it honestly feels like I'm a full-time reseller. I say the same thing. I say I'm quote unquote part-time, but I'm really doing full-time work. Oh, you know, when you start dreaming about it. Oh, I know, I know. you You legit start dreaming about at the thrift store finding Rothy's in the wild like I did the other day and I'm like is it real and I called my mom up I'm like we're gonna find Rothy's today and we we did not find Rothy's that day but it will happen someday so it's so funny you say that the last like two weeks in my head before I walk into the thrift store I'm like please let there be Rothy's please please let there be Rothy's going up and down the shoe aisle like Rothy's if I keep saying it maybe they'll show up yes (laughs) Rothy's antiques and you know know. there was a recent post on uh, a thrifter found Chanel and I was like mom it will happen someday somewhere in this lifetime it will happen (laughs) but uh (laughs) uh, not to go uh off sidetrack but my name is Tracy me myself and donuts I have been reselling for about three years now. I have been a graphic designer for the last 15, 17 years. I lost track. (laughs) Uh, I'm old, so let's just- Oh, you're not old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, you can see my grays. It's like I got too many grays for this girl right here. Um, uh, I've been reselling when I first got into reselling, it was just to get rid of some clothes that did not fit me anymore. I was, you know, in my younger days, college days, I just wanted to get rid of it and pay some bills. Yeah. And eventually, uh, again, when I first started, I was taking pictures on my bed. I was putting the clothes on the floor. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was no consistency to my listings whatsoever. And I had no idea. I'd never heard of anthropology, never heard of Madewell, never heard of any of those bread and butter brands. And eventually I just, I binged YouTube. I watched uh, a ton of reselling videos and just learned from the bottom. And uh, then I started to teach my parents. Uh, My parents are in their 70s and they absolutely love thrifting. I love that. I love that your parents have gotten into it. It is so great. Um, They love to compete with each other. 
which is, I think is hilarious. And my dad, they have a very hard time reading labels uh, with, with, with their glasses and without. So they try their best, but my dad has learned to recognize labels like miss me jeans mm-hmm. and whenever he finds them he calls me even when I'm during like at work at a meeting he'll text me pictures even though they'll send me five images of the same <laughs> item <laughs> and I'm like mom what are you doing well did the photo go through and I'm like yes it did mom thank you even though I got five text messages of it uh, <laughs> but they get they get really excited and the support from them and my family uh, thrifting and this whole reselling life is it's really amazing because uh, it, it it not only helps me but it helps them yeah. uh it's a great uh bonding experience if you will with us mm-hmm. and uh not for nothing but when you're thrifting and you're at savers or goodwill and you move those jeans all the way down to the you know the rack to like start thrifting that's a workout it is um, it is. And uh, my mom and dad started wearing their Fitbit <laughs> and it helped them lose weight. That's great. <laughs> you know, so because they would like go up and down the aisles and they would get like a little workout in their arms. And I'm like, you go, guys, you you go. Um, and they have a my mom likes to create cheat sheets of brands that she keeps in her pocketbook. I love that. You know what? And it's great for their mind, not only their body, but their mind. It keeps them going. It has them learning different things. They get excited about it. It gets them out of the house safely, obviously, right now with COVID happening and everything. I know it's very different for them. Yeah, they've, uh, my dad is afraid to go into the stores. I mean, he he had a heart attack last year. So I'd rather have, you know, I I don't want them to be in in any place that they feel unsafe in. My mom, uh, she she started to get the bug, if you will. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I, I'm just going to go in for 20 minutes. And she times herself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm just going to look for Rothy's and then I'll leave. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, mom? If you can remember that name, mm-hmm. just go in for 20 minutes and get out. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. But I think it's so great. You guys have formed like this little partnership of a, um, of a side hustle together. And it's it's your business with your parents. It's one business. You know, you guys help each yeah. other. You store your inventory at their place, right? Yeah. Um, actually, a couple months ago, I'm going to say maybe about three, uh, the city was doing uh, street work on mm-hmm. their street. And uh, for anyone that's listening that that don't know, I my parents converted the basement into a small studio. Mm-hmm. So I would store my shoes there. I would store any unlisted items. My mom loves to, she irons them for me. If there's any stains, she, she takes care of that because I suck at laundry. (laughs) And, uh, and mom, you know, mom, like moms just know how to get a stain out. So so they know how to put buttons back on and all that stuff. So she feels, uh, it's like her homework. She just feels, she loves doing it for some reason. Um, but a couple months ago, uh, the street, the construction company actually hit a pipe and it flooded the basement with three feet of water. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so my whole lighting kit got ruined. The whole setup got ruined. Uh, none of the, one pair of shoes got ruined and a few St. John pants got ruined. Oh, 
Yeah, we were, we were a little we were a little sad about <laughs> there's a lot of damage. Yeah. So currently I don't have a place to photograph. So yeah. I'm making use of a massive white poster board that I bought at Hobby Lobby. Yep. And I'm photographing on my wall. And it's not the best lighting, but it's it's all I have right now. But I'm still making sales. It's still still everything is still moving. Yeah. Um, you just got to make do with what you have. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you need all the bells and whistles. I mean, it's great to have, right? But there's so many other tools out there and um, there's free options for editing. And I mean, nothing's perfect. You know, Photoshop obviously is the best way to edit, but, yeah. Yeah. but not everyone has experience with Photoshop, right? Not everyone's comfortable with learning a new program like that, but there's lots of apps out there. You know, Lori, um, and I've started using too the app photo room. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like using Photoshop, but if it, I am somewhere and I want to take a picture really quick and, you know, I'm not in my usual setup and I don't have my ring light, I can make it work. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's important for everyone to realize that not all of us have these crazy setups. Like it's not necessary, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and set a lot of us, there's a lot of people that don't have the room, don't have the space, don't have the funds to buy a ring yeah. light or buy a lighting kit. Yeah. And I think the essentials that you do need, I would recommend if you do have any uh, new postures listening is invest in uh, wooden hangers. <laughs> yes. I'm a big, me too. I'm a wooden hanger girl all day long. Like that is yes. what I use. That's what I started using from the beginning. That was just the aesthetic that I wanted, but I agree. The wooden hanger is uh, the way to go. I know. Uh, what's the store called? It's it's not TJ Maxx. It's home goods, home goods. I love yes. that store. Yes. Um, they sell, you could do a wooden hanger. You could do a velvet hanger. Just keep your hangers consistent and not the, you know, the mommy dearest wire hangers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those aren't the best look, but a wooden hanger at Walmart is pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, but I think with that alone can create a lot of consistency and make your items look really professional. Yeah. And you guys will realize throughout this episode that Tracy has a lot of knowledge around this type of stuff. I mean, she's a graphic designer by trade. So um, when it comes to things looking a certain way, um, she can speak to it <laughs> quite a bit and she understands how just the world of photography and, and the internet work together. Um, so, you know, being a reseller is great and everything. Um, but besides a reseller, you're also an influencer on Instagram and you may not think of yourself that way, but you grew your following <laughs> from nothing solely based of your, on your research that you did for Instagram and how to build your brand from zero to 10,000 to get the swipe up and it's growing and growing. Right. Um, so I guess for a lot of us building an Instagram as a business owner is important. Like we want to be able to reach as many people as we can. And there's lots of different ways of doing it. But I think the organic growth and figuring out the ways to do it organically that um, I guess speaks to the audience that you want to get to is very important because anyone can just start hashtagging a million different things and get followers, right? Mm -hmm. and you can post something controversial and start getting followers. But doing it in an organic fashion, to me anyway, I think is more authentic and important. And it speaks to who you are as a brand. Um, so when it came to building your Instagram, like what, why did you want to do it? What, what kind of sparked that for you? Uh, when I first started, uh, most of my followers were friends, family, 
and I had some reselling um, followers, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I really wanted to learn how to build my network. I wanted to learn how to see if I could find more customers, see if yeah. I could uh, get paid to post on Instagram. That was a big mm -hmm. driving force for me. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I have a hard time sleeping at night occasionally. Mm -hmm. And my insomnia is very difficult at times. Mm -hmm. So I just binged any and every Instagram, YouTube video that I could find. And it was a lot of trial and error. Um, I tried different methods. Most of them didn't work. Uh, the only thing, I'm glad that I was never shadow banned during that whole process. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what I found that worked the most, as you said earlier, was the organic growth. Yeah. Instagram loves community. And if you are genuine in your comments, in your posts, that's what's going to drive your network. Mm -hmm. um, I would watch a lot of videos on a marketing guru. He's, his name is Gary V. Oh, love Gary V. Love I met him. him. <laughs> and uh, when I first, when I was really getting into Instagram, I was so focused on now, I'm, again, this, this, we all need a brand and whatnot, but I was very focused on what everything looked like, how many yep. followers I, I got lost in it. Yeah. And you, Everyone will always, it will happen eventually yep. um, once you get to a certain point because uh, you get fixated on it. Yep. So when you get to that point, my recommendation is to step back a little bit and reevaluate where you're at with your account and how you want to brand yourself. And, right. And why you're doing it, right? Because we all get stuck in that like, okay, I'm so close to 6,000. Okay, I'm so close yeah. to 7,000, which means I'm so much closer to 10,000. And all 10,000 means is you get a swipe up. I mean, that's yeah, all it is. <laughs> and it, it really, and that swipe up really means nothing. <laughs> it right. really it right. doesn't mean anything. And I got lost, I want to say maybe two or three times. And I watched a video from Gary V and uh, I was so focused on having all the right numbers. And he said, I will never forget his video. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, it might've been a Instagram story or something, but he said, your brand is yourself. Yep. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's how you communicate. It's how it's your presence. It's how you share Yep. Uh, how you interact with your customers and and that's what builds your brand it's not the colors it's not all the perfect flat lays it's not it's it's none of that it's it's really you right. and people are going to know you by how you interact with them and then eventually again any like word of mouth it's going to travel and people are just going to know you by your, your presence. And that's what matters. And then everything else just falls into place. Yeah, I agree with that. I think at the end of the day, no matter what it is that you're doing on social media platforms, I don't care which social media platform it is. It could be YouTube, yep. it could be Instagram. I don't care. Um, even Poshmark is technically a social media platform at this point. And I think the most important thing for everyone to remember is to just be authentic. The more authentic you are, 
the more growth you will have. And it may not be in numbers. It may be in the amount of people that support you, maybe in the amount of people that um, go to your Poshmark closet, go to your eBay store, um, follow you to your new business venture, whatever it is. Maybe you start a forum of some sort. Uh, maybe it's a podcast like this. Maybe mm -hmm. you start your own website and you're selling different types of items on your website. Whatever it is, if the more authentic you are, the more people feel like they know you and can relate to you, that's where the growth is. The numbers don't mean a thing. At the yeah. end of the day, none of that matters. None of it. It's not going to bring you more sales. No. And honestly, I've never, I have not gotten one sale <laughs> from it. I've built a great network. Yeah. I've met a lot of amazing people like yourself and Lori and, and so many other resellers. And that has formed a great friendship that um, well, we would have never known each other. I would right? never have known you. And it's when I, when I started reselling, it was the same, more or less the same time. Uh, I got out of that bad relationship and I was a hermit. I didn't get out of the house. I was, I just didn't want to be around anybody because it was a really difficult phase of my life. And, you know, with the reselling and Instagram and Poshmark as a whole, it, it really helps people, uh, one, get out of their bubble, one, try new things, get out of their comfort zone and, and be themselves, which is really amazing. Yeah, and I think it gives you a creative outlet too, because you're a creative person by nature. And I think being able to share your creativity in various forms kind of helps you in that whole healing process as well and finding who you are now, right? Who you were before, oh, yeah. it's a part of your past. And yes, it helps build you to who you are today. But it really, you know, it, I think it solidifies what your purpose is, what your meaning is once you find yourself on this path. Honestly, when I started this, I had no idea that I was capable of any of this because I, I just, I just didn't. And I see a lot of resellers get very down on themselves either their numbers are not right they don't have the perfect package post or all these sales or they don't have all the followers and they let that affect their mental health and how they view themselves as a person as a reseller and then that affects how they look at themselves as a wife as a mother as a husband as a, you know all these things and we all have those moments and you just got to keep going with it. You got to keep learning different things, trying new methods and figure out what's best for you at your pace yep. and at a healthy pace. Yeah, I agree. And I think so many people look at the larger resellers that have been doing it for a long time. And I think a lot of us forget that when you're looking at some of these resellers pages and they have, you know, 50,000 followers or a hundred thousand followers. I mean, they've been doing it for longer. They've been at it for a very long time. And maybe they had a presence on YouTube first. And then when Instagram came along, they hopped on Instagram. You know, there's so many different things that go along with it. But let's say someone's fairly new and they're listening and they want to build their Instagram up. What's like the top five things you'd recommend for someone who wants to build their Instagram? What's the five, like top five that they should be doing? Oh boy. Hopefully I can remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Top three, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first thing I would recommend is to optimize your bio. Yeah. Uh, if you don't optimize your, your bio, people are not going to know who you are. They're not going to know what your account is about. 
and optimizing your bios is is very easy. I change mine constantly because I want to constantly attract uh, different audiences within the the reselling uh, world. So I have a question for you. When you yeah. optimize, so for anyone who doesn't know how to do that, you're going to go on your Instagram page, you're going to hit edit profile, and then there's a little area that says bio. And within there, you can you can customize it however you want. Do you recommend putting hashtags in your bio? Yes. Okay. Uh, the hashtags are searchable. Okay. And so if, if, so, if a follower or a user on Instagram is on the explore page, and your your account is getting uh, some tra- traffic due mm-hmm. to a post or to a story or a reel. Uh, your account can be searchable by those hashtags. So we're going to use me as an example. So I have my name, and this is something that Tracy taught me to do. So I have my name, and then I hashtag reseller after my name. That's the first thing that Tracy told me to do. So I did that. Um, I have my link tree in there, which some people have just a website. You can put whatever you want in there. Something that people can click on to go to whatever, whatever links it is you want them to go to. Now in my bio, I don't have anything hashtagged, but I do have Thrifters Villa tagged. So should I hashtag where I have thrifting and reselling? I would, I would hashtag think of, now this is a, a great I, um, segue at, uh, for hashtags in mm-hmm. general, whether it's Instagram, websites, Poshmark, hashtags work generally the same. Yep. So hashtags are keywords yep. and keywords are the most searchable keywords. So I wouldn't recommend using like cute and fun because those are very broad words, yep. but reselling, Posh Boss, Posh Community, very specific keywords are going to give you the most traffic. Gotcha. All right. So let's do that. I feel like I should put Poshmark thrifting and Poshmark in here. If, if you want to, so say you are only a reseller on Poshmark, I would recommend using only Poshmark related hashtags. But if you sell on Poshmark, eBay, Mercari, ThreadUp, and different sites, I would use reselling or thrifter related hashtags. So you're not, you know, only putting your eggs in one basket for Poshmark only. Yeah. Now, if you're you're only a Poshmark reseller, then awesome. Do that. But if you sell on multiple platforms, broaden your base to attract more people. And I am literally doing this as we speak. So this is why (laughs) Tracy is so helpful. All right. So we're going to do that. Okay. Done. I got to change the font later. That's okay. Oh yeah. That, that's a rabbit hole you can get into. Yeah, like, this, oh, this, this, this font is pretty. Font. That font is pretty. It's like I going know. into Target and it's just. Oof. There's so many different fonts. If you guys don't know, you can just search uh, in Google Instagram fonts and there's about a bajillion different yes. engines you can use for Instagram fonts. Okay. So that's the first thing people should do. They should, um, they should look at their bio, make sure you're hashtagging relevant words for your brand. You can always change them, see what works for you. Okay. We're going to do that next. Second thing, when you make a post, always add a geolocation. Yes. I would recommend to um, use a specific, your a specific city, yep. uh, not your hometown, not the city that you live in for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. But um, like we're in Boston, so I will target Boston. I can target New York. The key thing with geolocation, 
you want to target people within that area. Yep. Now, a fun thing that I do, I look at my sales report and most of my customers are either in California, Texas, and New York. Yep. So when I do posts, even though I live in Boston, I'm gonna tar- I want to target followers in California. Yep. I want to target uh, followers in New York. So I will constantly change up my location and I'm going to try to get that base in those locations to try to follow me. It's so funny you say that because someone actually asked me the other day, were you really in New York for that picture? Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I just, uh, Tracy told me to do that. So that's what I do. <laughs> but I would love to be in New York or California right now. Right? It's fun. Um, but it does work. And I've noticed it too. You're getting people from different areas that are now finding whatever post it is. And I will say, whenever I use a geotag of New York, New York City, you can use either one, or California, um, I get the most attention to that post. It's just a broader base that you're going yeah. to. If and I find Rhode Island, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, no, it, whenever I try to, it, it, it never works. So uh, I, would, I would definitely recommend experimenting with it. You, you know, if you post five times a day, post five different locations and see which location drives the most traffic through your insights. Yep. Um, make sure you have a business account uh, on your Instagram because that will allow you to track your analytics. And by what I mean by that is you can track if your posts are reaching a certain audience, if your hashtags are working, if people are bookmarking your posts, basically how much traffic is coming to your account. So you can also figure out which posts are working for your account and which posts your audience like the most. Um, my followers love my posts about my parents. <laughs> because they're adorable. <laughs> and there's a post that I made and I think it was of my dad and it, it got like, I don't know, maybe five, 600 likes and I don't know how many comments. But he could not remember Lululemon and he could not pronounce it. And he's like, it's the upside down you. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, as long if you can recognize the upside down you anywhere you go, then I'm you buy it. <laughs> right, right. However and you remember it. However you remember, I don't care. The other, I think it was the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, me and my mom are near the athletic wear. And she's like, oh, I found skanks. And I was like, mom, that's Spanx. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, I just found a pair. I found two. And I was like, you keep finding the skanks, mom. Yeah. By all means, keep finding them. <laughs> Whatever you want to call Whatever it. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay. So there we go. We've got, you got to do your bio, use your geotags. Okay. What's next? Sec- uh, third thing. Uh Reply to all of your comments. Mm, I think Repl- that's so important. Replying to comments is very important because it pretty much tells Instagram that, hey, my post is getting a lot of engagement. People are interacting with me. Pay attention to my post right now. Right. And when you're engaging with your followers by commenting, by liking their comments, that is basically saying to Instagram, this is popular. So when you when that happens, Instagram is going to drive more traffic to your account, more traffic to your post, and you'll see those numbers come up. 
And when you comment, try to be more genuine. A lot of people will do just emojis or uh, one word answers. Try, try to engage with the comments if possible. And this is true even other, on other platforms, even like a YouTube, for example. You need to put thought and effort into whatever platform it is that you're using in order for it to respond to you and, and push you out there, really. Right. Any, any social media platform, it's about community. So yep. it's, it's however much you put into it, you're going to get back. Yep. I agree. 100%. I agree with that. I think that sometimes... Um, the bigger you get, the harder it is to put the time and energy to respond. Yeah. But if you really, if your goal is to have a sense of community within whatever social media platform it is, then you really need to put that effort into commenting and showing your followers. And I hate saying followers, but showing the people that want to engage with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your audience, your your community, however you want to, however you want to say it. Um, it just, it shows your appreciation because without them viewing your content, you wouldn't be where you are. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't have anything. You'd be posting, you wouldn't have anyone to interact with. And right. uh, I, I will admit, I don't comment on, on everything because it is hard because I, with the amount of followers I have and the comments that I do get, it's tough yep. to keep track of it. Absolutely. But if you're just starting out, and you only have a couple hundred or less than a thousand or whatnot, and you want to build quickly, that is probably my number one thing to recommend is just to engage. Keep on engaging. Do you think engaging in stories and having these Instagram lives, I know Instagram is going to start monetizing. They're in that like beta phase right now. Um, Do you think that is beneficial to grow your page as well? Yes. Or do you think that, so do, would you say stories or Instagram live or both? Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Add it to the list. You, yeah. <laughs> so I don't like, I, I don't like video. It's very hard for me to do video, to mm-hmm. do lives and whatnot. Cause I just, I'll get anxious or I'm self-conscious at times. So I, I just, I just stick to stories for me personally, but Instagram loves it when you utilize every single two that they give you. So if you're only doing posts, eh, you'll probably get like 30% of, you know, the engagement. But if you're using stories and video and reels and, and utilizing all the key features that they provide, you're going to see a huge traffic bump. Yeah. Um, there was, there's, at times, and I'm sure you can relate, where you get burned burned out from oh, Instagram. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you there'll be times where I I have nothing to post. I have no creative anything, and I just mm-hmm. it's just I don't want to post anything because I'm burnt out. But mm-hmm. I want to keep my engagement up, so I will constantly post to my stories. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And if you run out, uh, one thing that I do that I want to get interaction from, from my audience is using polls or questions. Mm. And the good number four. <laughs> yeah, that's just a great number four. Um, you, what I find that I get the most interaction from are polls mm-hmm. with either, I, I remember doing food once I was. Mm. I did the ones you do with the scenery. Remember the scenery? The ones scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens when you do that 
people will either, they respond to the poll, they say yes or no. And majority of the time, which again, this is a, a little flag for Instagram, uh, they will respond via, through DM. Yeah. They'll say, oh my goodness, who would say yes to this? Who would say no to this? Oh, I went here last year. And they, that generates a message. So again, you're utilizing communication, you're engaging with your followers mm -hmm. and that's what Instagram loves. So the more direct messages you get, the more responses you get, that's really telling Instagram, oh, okay, this story is really popular. Mm -hmm. What's happening right now? Let's, let's give this account more mm -hmm. traffic. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing to, um, that we can mention is if you are doing a reel, because you no know, reels are new on Instagram. I haven't done one yet, to be honest. I just can't put the time and energy into it. I, so I haven't either. <laughs> here's my philosophy on, on Instagram, and then we'll go on to what I was thinking. I think you have to, at some point, draw a line as to what's more important to you. Is it growing your social media and spending all your time and energy on that? Or is it growing your reselling business or whatever business it is that you have, a consulting business, whatever, because we have lots of different people that listen to us, not just resellers. Mm -hmm. So what's more important to you? And then that's where you need to focus your energy on. And for me right now, yes, it's great to have a social media presence and for people to follow me. And I try to engage as much as I can, but at the same time, in order for me to hit my financial goals that I have yes. and the savings that I want to, I want to accumulate for myself, I need to put my energy into the reselling aspect of it all. And that's okay. That's a decision that yep. you need to make for yourself. I think trying to balance both of them becomes very tricky. Um, oh, it's so hard. I, it I was, it was a couple months, it was before COVID hit. It was, it was a couple months before that. And, um, I was posting every day. I was engaging. I was doing a certain routine every mm -hmm. single day and I began to hate it. Yep. Um, and cause I got burnt out and I wasn't, I was so focused on my followers and the numbers. I lost track of the reselling part of it yep. and my numbers went down. So I had to shift focus and be like, what is, what is a priority? Mm -hmm. And this month I shifted gears a bit and I focused more on reselling. I started cross posting for the first time, which I've never done. That's scary. And, <laughs> but I also had the best month of the entire year, which is mind blowing to me. <laughs> well, and, put in the time and effort like anything. Right. You'll but see I also, I, I took a back, Instagram took a back seat. Yep. I, I still post. I don't post every day. I don't post to my story every day because for me personally, I know where my my the mental health aspect of it, yep. where my line is and when yep. I need a break. Um, so finding that balance, if it's reselling, if it's consulting, it doesn't regardless what business you're in, you got to find a good balance so you can not lose track on either side. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to lose track because you start when you're focusing on your energy on Instagram, you see the growth and the opportunity. Um, but to be honest with you, Instagram's not going to make you money. Uh, it could eventually, but it, it's, it doesn't come as easy as reselling does when it comes to it, making money. So it takes a lot of time to try yeah. to, uh, 
make money on their campaigns and whatnot. I now I will say um, for anyone that wants to get campaigns or brand deals, followers followers are important, but they they're not the driving force for a brand or a company to want to work with you. Right. What they're going to look at is your engagement. Yep. So you don't need 10,000 followers. You don't need a hundred thousand. If you only have a thousand or 5,000 or whatnot, and they see that you're interacting with your community, that's key. That's yep. what, that's going to be the hook that you need to get that campaign. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, Instagram is like, and this is any social media, TikTok, I mean, you can throw any of them in there, right? It, it's all yeah. about the engagement. And it can be unhealthy. And I think it's important to talk about that. And you've touched on it too. So knowing your boundaries, knowing at what point you need to stop and just regroup and figure out what's most important to you and what's giving you positive or negative um, feedback, all of that, all very important to keep in mind. It's great to build your Instagram presence, any, you know, YouTube presence, whatever it is. But if you are finding your, yourself in this rut or you're starting to feel really negative towards it, that's your cue. That's your body telling you like, okay, take a step back, refocus. What do we need to do? How can we make this healthy for you again? So I think it's really important to remember all that. Very. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then is there anything else that you think is great for a person to do so we've got the bio down we've got the geo tags uh what was number three hashtag we talk about hashtags um i would there's the bio i'm if you think about it i'm actually working my if you look imagine your your account like take a screenshot of your account in your brain yep (laughs) i'm actually working my way down oh yeah okay yep so i'm thinking okay your bio so when you post you got to think of your geolocation yep and and uh, we went into stories. Yep, went into stories. Was, I would say that's that wouldn't be number three or four. That'd be lower on the, the list. Totem pole. Yeah, but it kind of just went into that. Um, the conversation led into the stories. Yep. Uh, I would say the longer your caption is, mm-hmm. the better. And always end your caption with a call to action. Yes, I agree. It's a question. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply question if it's a state anything that will generate conversation in your comments that is key yep uh the longer uh the longer user or your audience stays on your post that triggers instagram another trigger (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it triggers instagram and says okay this post is again popular what what are they talking about what what is this post about same thing if you use carousels and the longer someone is swiping through the photos or the longer someone is reading your caption 
that means they're staying on your post longer. Yep. 100%. Do you think it's important? I think this is going to be the biggest thing that people want to know. Do you think your pictures on Instagram are important? Does your feed need to be cohesive? Do your pictures have to be cohesive? What, what is it about your feed that's the most important or does it not really matter? Um, so this, this is hard for me because so my brain is is I'm wired graphic design <laughs> yeah oh. so it's it's automatically wired to do that and i and i'm ocd with it so i my feed has to be a a certain look or whatnot um does it matter a hundred percent no but i would recommend your feed looking somewhat professional uh by doing that people do get stuck on uh, a curated theme, meaning like, does everything have to match? Does it have right. to have a filter? Does it have to have a color? And you you really don't. A lot of people get stuck on that. But I would recommend uh, having bright photos. Same thing with your Poshmark or right. your your cover photos. Have bright photos. Anything that's dark, you're gonna you're going to your 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 photos are gonna get lost. Yep. And a lot of people get, you know, stuck on, well, what if I'm in the moment and I just want to post this or post that? And that's totally okay. Because again, this is your account. You do what you want to do and what makes you happy. Uh, but I would recommend at least making everything bright. And if you want to go a step further, then either find a filter or a preset that you enjoy. I like to change mine up through the seasons so I don't get bored. And again, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's not gonna get you more followers or less. It will look more professional and it will attract more because they just wanna scroll through all the pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have photography skills. You don't need to have perfect flat lays. Just be yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think the more authentic you are, the more people are drawn to your content and it almost it's almost like a a dual thing like people will recognize your content the more authentic that you are so people will say oh I know whose post this is right um it doesn't look like everyone else's you end up having this certain tone to your post without even realizing it whether it's with the colors and the filters or however it's mm -hmm. set up people will recognize your space um yeah so all of that matters people will recognize it they'll end up clicking on it they'll like it they'll comment all that kind of stuff so it it brings it actually full circle to what we talked about earlier with what gary v said the your brand is yourself yeah 100 percent. oh i remember the thing i wanted to say i totally forgot what it was there are large resellers very successful resellers that are out there that do not have social media um and I think that's always important to keep in mind. Not everyone who's a reseller has a podcast, a YouTube, um, an Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not everyone does. A lot of very successful resellers do not have Instagram. They don't. Nope. And and they have no idea how to use Instagram and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of people... Uh, I will, I do get a lot of questions from new poshers or new resellers uh, when they start their account. And the question is, how, what can I sell? How many sales have you had? And if you want to curate your account to sell, 
then you have to be very mindful on what you post because yeah. you want to attract a buyer versus a community. Right. And that's, that's something you need to distinguish from the as very beginning. Account, yes. I think as your account grows, it can change. Um, but you need to, you need to know what it is you want to do with your business account. Are you selling to the people and then you're going to have some type of Instagram sale going, or are you providing information and education to the people in your community so you can network and outreach? For me, I'm the, I'm the second one. I uh, will post a sale for my Instagram followers, but that's not my main purpose of my Instagram. It is to teach people and it's to share my experiences. To someone uh, else, they might sell and that's great. I mean, to each their mm -hmm. own. I've noticed with different accounts that do both and bo they have two different audiences. Yes. So that, that's the only reason why I say that. Posting your sales, posting... Uh, a friend sale, things like that. Awesome. That again, that's community. But if, if you're posting your latest, you know, fry boots or Tory Burch bag that you want to sell, then you, you're not targeting the reselling community. You're, you're targeting buyers in the age group that you want to target. It's right. basically a mini website that you're putting up. Yes. And, and you need to drive traffic to that website. And Instagram has that ability to have the shop feature on there too, which I know you've talked about in the past. And it's super, super difficult to put together. Yeah, it is. I, I haven't done it because you need to have a Facebook page, right? Like I'm not yeah. doing it. I don't care. Yes. I'm not doing it. Uh, I think actually now it, it's going to be a bit tricky because Facebook and Instagram have blocked Poshmark links. Yes. And sharing those links because they want to generate uh sales through their platform and right. not an outside platform which makes sense it, it it's, it's just a business model it is what it is um any any company website if i'm on target they're not going to redirect me to walmart to buy the same product exactly and i think this is why people's accounts were being blocked or um uh what do you call it when instagram does that when shadow they, banned. yes they start shadow banning you and stuff there's been a lot of that going on in the community and it seems to be linked to Poshmark links being in your bio. Yep. So. Uh, I would, I would, you mentioned earlier the link tree. Yep. Uh, I would probably recommend to replace that because that's the, the culprit of a lot of people being shadow banned in the last couple of weeks. So if you have a Poshmark link within that link, uh, that might cause a little bit of a hiccup. Interesting. I still have my Poshmark link in there, but I think it's like at the bottom. <laughs> I think the first one is. Uh, I talked to a few that had it and they all had this. It was all the same thing as a link tree and Poshmark link within it. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, um, I don't really need to have it on there, to be honest with you. Uh, I actually use Mashable oh. and Mashable kind of resembles a very mini. It's a mini website. Okay. And you, you can have a bio, you can add links, you can add quotes, you can add images, whatever you want. And you, it's basically think of a carousel and you just swipe through the pages okay. and people can interact with you. Oh, that's cool. I've never heard of that one. I'll have to look at it. I've never and you can that. actually, uh, they come with different templates so you can customize it with different colors and background images. All about it. 
you saying customize yeah. <laughs> without it. <laughs> um, and to go back to what you said before too, I'm gonna give myself a little plug because I never do. It's very rare that, that I plug myself. By the way. What? Okay, so yeah. I was like, plug what? Oh wait, I gotta tell you what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so my plug to myself is I'm in the process of creating um, reseller presets. And these presets are going to be gauged towards individuals who don't have lighting kits that um, struggle with editing their own photos. Maybe they're not comfortable using an app or whatnot. Um, and I plan on breaking it down in a way that's very simple for people to add it into Lightrooms. I know a lot of people don't like downloading presets because they find it to be very confusing. It so <laughs> the texture in me is going to create a guide that's going to break it down with video and who knows what else <laughs> uh, so that people are able to do it. But this is something that I've wanted to do for probably about a year now because I, I create my own presets on occasion, but then there's some, like I'm not a graphic designer. So there's certain aspects of presets that I just don't understand the same way as a designer would. Um, and I think having something that's easy to use by just a click of a button once it's in Lightroom and you can batch edit, whether it's, you know, on your computer, you can batch it all. I don't think you can batch edit on the mobile app. Uh, I've never tried batch editing in Lightroom because I, I use Lightroom specifically for Instagram only. Mm -hmm. um, but having presets is is an absolute lifesaver. It's a danger. Um, you can never have too many presets. I don't, <laughs> I just, it's, it's bad. It's like, have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Oh, there's and so many options. There's so many options and you just want to buy everything. Yep. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. And there's so many different types of presets that are similar, but they're different tones. So anyway, this is just something that I'm working on. And I said it in the last episode, but I am in the process. Like I'm actually actively in the process of creating it. I should have some some drafts and some presets soon and then it's just working on the guide because so many people struggle with downloading presets yeah it's so. it's, it's a challenge now with your presets uh what we talked about earlier with being having a curated theme this mm -hmm. is a great way to curate your theme and what i mean by that is say you find a preset that has a pink undertone mm -hmm. and have you can upload all your pictures with the same preset that have the same pink undertone or if it's yep. a white bright or an orange a brick whatever you enjoy the most like having that preset usually presets come with at least two or three options or more within that group yep and that's going to help curate your theme and create consistency Yes. And that, to me, the reason why I'm creating this and because one, I know it's important to have that cohesion, just working in the marketing field for an extended period of time. And I think everyone strives for a certain look in their Poshmark closet with the brightness and the contrast of colors. And if someone, and people always assume that if you get a lighting kit, that's all you need and you, and <laughs> False. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that, every that, laugh, that laugh just came up by accident. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. It's false. It's not something that, like, a lighting kit doesn't dramatically change your photos. Sometimes it actually makes it more difficult to show the image. So, oh, yeah, it's it's hard. And natural light is, especially living in New England, it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult. I mean, I have I before the my the flood at my parents, I had two lights on the ceiling. I had two lights on the bottom my dad painted the wall white and I, and it's still, I still couldn't get a flat white. I still had shadow. Like it, it's not perfect. No, it's and 
I want to say at least 99% of resellers out there are in the same boat. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Unless you're, you know, a whiz at Photoshop, then for you, but then here's the other thing too. If you're a whiz at Photoshop, you're sitting with the same picture for a while to get it perfect. So I mean, there's no like happy medium with it all. But my idea with the presets is simplicity for someone. Once they have them in the Lightroom is an app, you can easily edit it, edit the um, photo in the app, and then you're ready to go to put it in your Poshmark closet or eBay or whatever it is you do. Anyway, that's my plug. Moving on. I can't wait for them to come out and I will share that and blast it everywhere. Oh, thank you. I may need your help with the guide. I, I might be. I, whatever I can help with, you know I will. <laughs> because there's zip files and people don't like zip files. But no. It's a pain oh, in the butt. They're a pain in the butt. <laughs> it really is. So, okay, that's Instagram. Cool. Posh Fest just happened a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Tracy and I ran into each other at the thrift store. Yeah, is that you? <laughs> yeah. So we were actually like adjacent to each other. I was on one side of the sweaters and Tracy was on the other side. And she's looking at me and I'm like, that's Tracy. And I was like, and she says to me, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and oh. this is rarely, like, I mean, we run into each other, but it gets very rare because Tracy's in one part of Massachusetts, not too far from me. And I'm in Rhode Island, but we happen to be in the middle. So um, we saw each other anyway. So we were talking about Posh Fest. Now I didn't attend, but I saw a couple of videos and stories that people put out there. And there's one thing that Tracy brought up that I really wanted to have her on this podcast for um, that I think is very important to anyone who is building a website or anyone who's really trying to optimize, whether it's their Instagram or their Poshmark closet. This is going to be specific to your Poshmark closet. We're going to talk about and it's search engine optimization. So Tracy attended um, the session on search engine optimization and on Instagram. And uh, not that Tracy is an expert and I'm not an expert either. I mean, we're not gurus, but we have experience in this realm of work. Um, and I felt that it was important that we shared our perspective on it. And we're not saying that the information that was given at PoshFest is completely incorrect. Like, we're not bashing anyone. This has nothing to do with that. This is just our perspective on how we believe search engine optimization should be used within your Poshmark closet. Um, so Tracy, I don't know if you want to share some thoughts on that because you attended the session. Uh, I, I did. Um, I, was, I was, was not a speaker. I didn't apply to be a speaker. I um, I went and wanted to see if I could learn any new, any new tricks, if you will, <laughs> like we all wanted to. And some of the information that was being shared gave a false pretense of how SEO works. Yeah. And I tried my very best to correct it in the chat. So anyone that attended that session and also the Instagram session, cause it was kind of the same thing, um, would notice that I, I was going a mile a minute in the chat and typing as fast as I could with answering questions and trying to teach people in the chat the correct way to do SEO for your Poshmark titles. Mm -hmm. Uh, without, you know, stepping on any toes. And, you know, the speakers did a, a great job. I just think the information um, was taught a, a little, uh, in a different way. Right. So let's talk about SEO and the importance of it in your Poshmark closet and why someone 
should even care about search engine optimization? Like, why does it even matter, Tracy? Why do I need to optimize my Poshmark listing? Isn't it just going to come up because it has the brand of the category in there? Uh, Search engines like Google run on certain coding, whether it's a website, Poshmark, it's all code. Mm -hmm. And bots will look for specific specific code to tell Google, hey, this is what we're looking for. Let's bring up this feed. Yep. Now, a website, Poshmark is a website. Uh, If you have a Shopify site, if you have Etsy site, they all have the same type of code. And within this code, now Poshmark specifically, um, now this is not about Shopify, that's not Etsy, YouTube, anything like that. This is specifically Poshmark. Poshmark only uses uh, an H1 tag. Now, search engines rank specific text on your page in a hierarchy. And the hierarchy are called H tags. And there's H1, H2, H3. They go all the way down to, I believe, seven or eight. And the most important is an H1 tag. Yep. And that H1 tag is only used once on your Poshmark listing. Now, this this is available for anyone to see. Um, it's just easier for people that do web design or development or marketing because you we know how to access that code. It's It's free to see. Yep. And your Poshmark title uses that tag, uses this H1 tag, nothing else on the page. So when a potential buyer goes into Google and searches for American Eagle, black, skinny, high rise, distressed jeans, those are very specific quote keywords. And if your keywords are on point, then your Poshmark title will have those keywords. And Google will read that H1 tag first before any other text. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you read blogs, the the titles are the most important thing. So uh, I don't know how Shopify is built. I don't know how Etsy is built. But majority of websites, the most important information on that page will always be in an h1 tag so your keywords need to be well thought out and very specific so for poshmark i would i would recommend always putting your brand first the reason why is because google a search bot reads left to right The most important information will always be on the left and it reads to the right of least important. That's a great way of describing it. And it it helps. So a lot of people will will put emojis in your title, which is a a big no-no. The reason why it's a big no-no is because search engines can't read an emoji because an emoji is a bunch of characters. Characters meaning think of a plus sign, an equal sign, an ampersand, an at sign. They're just random characters. And if you have that first in your title, you're basically telling Google, hey, smiley face is most important than um, toy birch. Right, 
Right. And and we don't we definitely don't want that. We know Tory Burch is way more important than a fiery right. smiley face <laughs> or a smiley face. Um, but a lot of people get hung up on putting emojis in your posh title. Now, if you're running a sale and you want to move inventory just to grab a buyer's attention, I I wouldn't object to that because you're not you just want to move stuff really quickly. Right. And but if you want to sell more high end if you just in general i would just keep your emojis out of the title add them to your to your descriptions if you want but just keep them out of your titles um another thing that i see and that people were asking is putting new with tags or nwt first in the title um again i would not put that first if you want to i would put it at least at the end um, just to signify or notify a potential buyer that it is new with tags or new without tags. And what helps when I try to formulate a title is just writing it out before posting it. Or I've also looked at, say you go to um, Madewell and you find a similar item, a pair of high-rise jeans. Take a look at how their titles are because I also study brand titles and how they write their own titles and use specific keywords your keywords are going to be what sells your item and always start with brand first I like to add color to the title uh, because most buyers will always put some sort of color in the title Uh, some people will put size I try to leave the size out but right now I'm experimenting with size in the title but at the very end to see if that's going to generate traffic and it actually has so I think it it, that's the most important part of your posh listing is that title so do you think there's like a correct order or is there an order that is preferred um, for you to put in your listing? So like for me, it's usually the brand. Um, Sometimes I'll do, well, it depends. If there's a style name, I'll put the style name after the brand, then color, then whatever category the item is. What do you think? I actually asked my, so my boss, one of my coworkers, she used to be my boss. Um, she, I've learned all the SEO from her cause she's yeah. an SEO expert mm-hmm. and she always recommended, I remember her recommending putting the color in the beginning. Interesting. Um, because that is a, a key word, not a key word, but a common word. To- word, right to attract because people will always put uh you know blue off the shoulder something they'll they will always put the color that they're thinking of when they want to search for something that's interesting uh i wouldn't put size in the beginning no um so but i also wouldn't put like tori birch cute ruffled pretty dress right 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 cute and pretty those are very vague words that when you search for that, you're going to find a ton of cute things and a ton of pretty things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are very, if you are very specific with your, you know, with the title and the keywords that you choose for that item, you'll have more of a specific result. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I think the title, so an, an experiment you guys can do is you can copy your title that on any item you have in your Poshmark closet and paste it into Google and see what happens. Does your item come up? Or do you need to scroll halfway through the page and then you see your item? Um, it's a good test just to do and see where you're ranking within Google and how much competition you have out there. But that's a good little experiment that I always do. Do you do that, Tracy? Uh, I do it occasionally. And then uh, when I know I can't find it, I, I know that's a, a hint for me to switch things up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you're not finding yourself, then you need to kind of go back at that listing and look at it and just see what you can rework in there. So what else would you say in terms of SEO is important within your Poshmark listing? Let's talk about the description. Uh, I would say the description, uh, Google loves lists. Mm -hmm. So if you, okay. I'm so glad you brought this up <laughs> because this is the biggest misconception that came out of uh, Poshmark yeah. and made me cringe because mm -hmm. I worked in marketing. So yeah. when I heard to put the paragraph in there, I was like, yeah. no, yeah, but no, <laughs> that's yeah, not how no. it works. Don't change all your listings. Please don't change all your listings. Um, uh, oh, oh, you just brought up another point. So hopefully I don't, I have to remember this point, but yeah, Google loves lists because the easier yes. you read something, the faster it will generate a response. It wants quick meta metadata that it can pick up. Exactly. Quick metadata. <laughs> um, so lists are your friend. Uh, I, I do. So th this brings up a good point because another thing that they brought up and, um, I kind of, I wish I was able to like go through the screen <laughs> and save everybody. Um, do not copy your title as is into your description. Yeah. That is, that is one of the worst things you can do. The reason being is because Google does not like it when you duplicate text. Mm -hmm. So if you're duplicating your title into your description, they, they're conflicting with each other. And Unfortunately, that's what the panel taught and what they showed. Um, and, uh, so that was, a, that was a bit of a, con a concern um, because Google will, Google will not generate the traffic or search results. If someone's looking for your item, it will not be shown. Yeah. And if you were to do that on a website, like a blog, you can actually get blacklisted and then you, your site is, is not uh, viewable to anybody. Yeah, sometimes, so when I do copy my title, I typically change what it says. I've stopped doing that, but that's what I did before is I would copy it and I would put it within my description, but I would change the words around. Am I basically reiterating because I don't know, that's just what I did. Yeah, but that's I, fine. Yeah, reiterating, I feel like is okay as long as you're changing it up. But I feel like when it's the exact same thing, like you said, Tracy, it causes a little bit of, it causes a little bit of confliction between Google and what they should be pulling. But yes, please don't go changing all your listings. This is just my own personal advice. You don't have to take my advice, obviously. But there's no need to change your listings to full paragraphs if you're no. in this format. Leave the list format, please. <laughs> Uh, what I, what I do, uh, I will do like a two sentence, like I, I copied the title Yep. and then I, again, reorder the words, which is completely fine. And what I, how I do that is I say black off the shoulder sweater by, um, anthropology. 
Right. So I, I lead with the item and end with the brand. Yeah. So basically so, reverse what you had in the title. Yeah. As long as you can keep your title, because sometimes it, it's, it's, it's a lot of work just to come up with a title as is. Yep. Um, just re rewording it will help you. Yes. And what I've also been doing just to now the description does not use an H tag like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So the importance of a description, there's real there's really no importance to it, but it does it, there's very little help to it. Yeah. And one thing that they taught that kind of gave a false pretense was adding uh, tags at the end of your description. Okay, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I feel like there's a little bit of a misconception in the community that you should be adding words that are relevant to what it is you're selling. So tell the people why that may not help them. It's not going to help you. Uh, Google's not going to notice those words. Google's going to notice your title. And those tags in the description a lot of a lot of people will if you're selling a sweater people will put uh chanel they'll put louis vuitton they'll put keywords that have no relevance to your listing yes and it so, drives me insane and and that's where it kind of conflicts so if so I, I i wouldn't recommend doing that because then if you're searching for something and it comes up as Louis Vuitton, but you're selling American Eagle. Um, that that's where the conflict is. And I try in my description, uh, I try to use keywords of items that I'm selling in the closet. So if I have a pair of black heels, I'll say these would be great matched with a pair of high rise, skinny, white distressed jeans. Huh. And that's a good idea those keywords are again there's something in my closet right and it's bringing them back to a potential outfit and could generate a bundle but you have to i would just if you're going to use tags they're not going to generate more sales they're not going to generate more followers just be very cautious of using the correct words would you say if someone did want to add tag, let's say, no, I like to add them. I like to put them in my listing. Do you think it would be okay for them to add keywords? Like let's say they're selling a pair of trouser pants, right? And they're adding in career wear, uh, work pants, like adjectives and verbs that describe the item. How, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I would recommend doing that. I would not recommend uh, using keywords that have no relevance to your listing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's it's think of it it's the same thing as a, um hashtags on instagram if you have a post and you're you are you have a reselling or a thrifting post but your hashtags are you know desserts and vacation and uh let's go to the bahamas yeah. that has no relevance to the post that you created yep and you're not going to get any traffic for it yep i agree 100% I agree. Um, do you think there's anything else that people should be aware of when it comes to search engine optimization within their listing that they may have heard during Poshfest that you kind of want to give your two cents on? 
I'm trying my best to remember because I, I I remember trying to type so fast in that <laughs> chat. The biggest, thing, the biggest thing that we we had talked about this when we were thrifting was um, the whole list and paragraph thing because I saw people go yeah. on YouTube and then talk about it and it was like ah it's just now it's out there for everyone and um, it. You know. I, so when I heard that, like I I doubted myself. I'm like oh wow, like the panelists were supposed they were. <laughs> It was supposed to be teaching the SEO and and yeah. and correct format. So then I I messaged my boss, and I'm like, "Is this correct?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> now she's been working with SEO. That it's her job. It's her. She's she is a legit expert in it because she's she's worked with Google. She's worked with very high end clients, um, and that's her expertise. And when she verified it for me, I was like, okay, like <laughs> we're doing it the right way then. Um, the other yeah. thing too, um, and I don't think Poshmark talks about this, but alt text, and I don't think a lot of people know what alt text is. Um, I know about alt text because when I taught the visually impaired, they heavily rely on alt text. So um, alt text, the, the basic way for me to describe it is if someone is using a program like a uh, voiceover reader or like, you know, so someone that's visually impaired uses different programs on their computer when they're searching the internet. And this program will read over an image. The image will have some type of text embedded within it to explain and describe what the image looks like. And people who are visually impaired need alt text within a web page to understand what it is on the page. Otherwise the reader just says there's an image. But the person on the other end who can't see it doesn't know um, what it is, obviously, because all it's saying is that it's an image. They need descriptors in there. Now, I know that Poshmark, I believe, has something embedded within it that provides some sort of alt text. Am I in- incorrect in saying that, Tracy? Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure because I, I tried that. I tried. Uh, so for my job, I'm a web designer by trade. So... Yeah to label you have to label images correct it's extremely important (laughs) it's very important uh so when I try to label so I would upload I experimented by uploading the images through my computer and you know I did brand item et cetera et cetera and when I uploaded them it reverted it to its own file name interesting so because I again it was it was an experiment that I was doing with my boss at the time because that's so a lot of search engines can find um, items by your image file yeah. name. Yes, exactly. Because there's a lot of code and data, metadata on that image. Correct. So when I uploaded it, it reverted right back to a random file name with a bunch of random characters. That's interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was because Poshmark prides itself on being um, a very social platform and almost like another form of social media where it's a reselling platform, but also a way to engage and build community. I just I just think it's interesting that they haven't provided an option to put the alt text in there. But then again, eBay doesn't do it either. But eBay is strictly a reselling platform. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting when when websites don't have that capability put in place. They, they, they should. I know Instagram does. There's, there is an option in the advanced settings yep. to add that. Mm-hmm. Um, any website that you build, a blog, any company website, if you upload images, 
those images will have a very distinctive file name and it's for that purpose. Yes, and you can easily, so if you are building a website and you're listening and you haven't incorporated alt text, please research how to do it on whatever platform it is that you have um, started your website on. Um, I'm familiar with WordPress and that's how I know how to do it, but everyone uses different platforms. And uh, I, it's just very important for various reasons for Google searches, people to see you. It's a good way to optimize everything, but it's also very important for a community that kind of gets forgotten about. And um, so people with visual impairments, they they do need that alt text there. Anyone who has any sort of visual impairment or uses a um, a reader on their computer to have the bot read whatever's on the screen to them, that is essential for them to know what's happening. So yes, make sure you do that. <laughs> Yeah, it is quite important. <laughs> yes, it is. And I don't think um, if you're not in that community, if you're not doing, you know, web design, if you're not involved in different things, you would never know to use alt text. Um, but it is very important just as captions are important, all of that stuff. If you're doing, if you're producing videos, you want to make sure you have captions because same thing with an Instagram story, right? You want to make sure you have the capability of doing captions. I'm so bad. I really should do that um, because people that are hearing impaired rely on the captions. So yes, there's so many things like literally this is a rabbit hole. You can yeah. sit for <laughs> hours and talk about all this stuff and you would never hit all of the aspects that are the most important. You know, it's just, it's such a rabbit hole and you can spend hours researching it all. But I feel like for the purpose of our listeners and everything, all the things we've discussed are, are important for beginners and people that are advanced because we learn new things all the time. Things are always changing. And I think with that, that's how you just evolve. I mean, I no, neither one of us knew this stuff when we first started. Yeah. And it's just by learning, by practicing, by learning from each other mm-hmm. and uh, by trial and error. Yeah. And by no means was this a bash to anyone that presented at PoshFest. So please don't take it that way, guys. It's no. our experience, um, Trace's experience working within the field and things that she has um, had to do in her own job. So we just wanted to make sure we put it out there. <laughs> For yeah, I, I think the panelists on um, um, both sessions, the ones that I attended, did an incredible job. Um, I think a lot of the information that they did put out was great. Uh, and th- I believe there was just not enough time to to yeah. give out all the correct information. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as everyone can tell, this has been a long episode and it's because yeah. there's so much <laughs> to talk about. Um, there's just, there's a lot to go over. And I think these, these are topics that people have a lot of questions on. So if anyone's listening right now and you guys have a question and you want to reach out to Tracy, um, how can people find you, Tracy? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram at me, myself and donuts, and just send me a DM and I will help with whatever I can, however I can. Yeah. And then if you guys, um, you know, if you want more information, if you feel like you need an episode on something else, definitely reach out to me. Let me know. You know, I'll figure something out. I'll find more experts in different areas and try to help you guys out. When it comes to websites, though, like I haven't built a web, like my website's built, but I didn't actually build my website. I did parts of it and then I outsourced (laughs) it because it's a lot of work to create a website on WordPress, but I haven't done anything with it yet. Um, It's just kind of sitting there. So uh, you That's know, what I do every day. <laughs> I know. Listen, I so the website that I used to work on for the marketing firm was already created. I would just add things in. Like I did more of the optimization side of it all. Yeah. Like the designer did everything else. You know, like she inputted everything and she would teach me different things that I never had to sit there and like you know put all the code in and stuff. That's what my sister does. I I don't do that. 
Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people will like question me, like, how do I know this and whatnot? So my day job, I can, I can build a website. I can design it from scratch and build it from scratch. Um, impressive. So I do, I do have a lot of knowledge, not saying I know everything by any means, um, but that's just the, exp- the experience I have. And I have a lot of resources around me that are experts in those fields. Um, so if there are questions that I don't know the answer to, I usually source to them and I ask them for help. Yeah. And that's the best way to learn is just asking for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's lots of resources out there. There's lots of sources. Uh, definitely go follow Tracy, you guys. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys learned something new or maybe added a little bit of um, knowledge and tips to things you're already doing and just wanted some reassurance on it. Uh, But yeah, so I will talk to everyone next time. Tracy, thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast. So exciting. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. All right, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.